Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. If you have your Bibles, however you get your Bibles, whether that's in book form or in app form, now is the time to take them out and turn with me as we continue through Colossians. Now, as Deidre said, we are going to wrap this little portion up right now as we enter into the Advent and Christmas season, but we will come back. Uh, after the Christmas season, and we'll pick up where we left off. There's so much in this wonderful letter that Paul wrote to this little tiny house church in Colossae Colosse, that I don't want to miss any of it. And so we'll come back and we'll go through that letter before we get into Lent and all of the other seasons as we move forward. But today, today we start our 15th trip around the sun together as pastor and congregation what an incredible thank you thank you what an incredible journey this has been and i have learned so much about what it means to be a pastor to be a friend to be a dad to be a husband when we first came here, my son, who's sitting right over here and is six foot tall, fit right here in my arms. Uh, what a journey this has been. Thank you for loving us and loving our family uh, through all of this time. But I look forward to what God is calling us into. And I believe that Paul is, has, has something for us today that is going to call us to press into the maturity that God calls us towards. And I look forward for us to see that both today and when we return in January. So if you have your scriptures, let's open them to Colossians chapter 2. And we're going to read from verse 16 through verse 19. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. This is Paul writing. So don't let anyone judge you about eating or drinking or about festivals, a new moon observance or Sabbaths. These religious practices are only a shadow of what was coming. The body that casts the shadow is Christ. Don't let anyone who wants to practice harsh self-denial and worship angels rob you all of the prize. They go into detail about what they have seen in visions and have become unjustifiably arrogant by their selfish way of thinking. They don't stay connected to the head because the head nourishes and supports the whole body through the joints and the ligaments. So the body grows with a growth that is from God. This is the word of God for the people of God here and online. And our response is, thanks be to God. When I was in university, I was uh, privileged to be a part of this for a few years. It was the Ambassadors Men's Choir at Trevecca Nazarene University. It was a lot of fun just to get a bunch of guys. I think there were probably 20, 25 of us. And uh, we sang, you know, everything from uh, just 
worship songs and sometimes even a little classical music to Negro spirituals to all kinds of different music. And we would travel during our spring break down into, uh, you know, sometimes we had the beauty of traveling to Florida during in February. It was beautiful. Sometimes it was still good, but maybe not as, as warm and full of beaches as South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi. We enjoyed that time away. Now, every year, we would do a retreat overnight at a church that was close to campus, about a mile from campus. And overnight, we would sing, we would rehearse, it would be kind of in-depth. We would usually bring in a pastor to, to speak to us, we'd have time of prayer, and of course, as guys will do, we'll play basketball, we'll do all kinds of stuff, and just hang out. So back and forth, all these kinds of things. Well, on this particular year, I think it was my second or third year in the Ambassador's Male Choir, we were at the retreat and we were having a good time, and of course, at some point, they brought in pizzas for us, and we were having pizza, and, and we were drinking and that night, I remember, I enjoyed this in two-liter form, this red punch. It was some kind of fruit punch, looked like Hawaiian punch. You're drinking that, and, and everything was great. We're singing, we're doing all And all of a sudden, I start feeling really, really tired. And I thought, wow, maybe I just got to wake up. I'll have a little more punch, get that sugar in me. I'll be good. I, I had some more punch and just continued to, to sing and try. And finally, I realized, maybe, maybe I'm getting sick, like, I'm having trouble keeping my eyes open, uh, staying awake. And uh, finally, I just go to the director and say, and said, Fred, I, I'm really sorry. I, I'm just not feeling up to it. I think I need to go back to the dorms and get some sleep. And he said, all right, that's fine. And I began to drive back to the campus about a mile. It was late at night. It was probably after midnight. And I'm, I'm finding my way back. I remember getting to the parking lot. But I don't remember how I got from my car back into my dorm room and into the bed. Uh, but I know that I didn't wake up until after dinner time the following day. And, and I woke up with quite a headache. And, and so I, I, I stumbled up towards the cafeteria just to see if I could get in and maybe get some soup or some crackers or something along those lines. And I see some of the guys that are there, and one of them is joking, laughing hysterically, just thinks, this is so funny. I'm like, what is going on? He's like, well, I, I put some sleeping medicine in that red punch that I saw you drink about a liter of. And all of a sudden, I, I mean, you guys know me, 15 years, I'm not really an angry person. But I got really angry. Like I shoved him in his chair. He fell back. And I stood over him pointing down like, do you know how irresponsible that is? Like I drove a mile. I know it's only a mile, but I drove with this in my system. I, I don't know what would have happened if I had hit somebody or something had, had happened in there. What if I'd gotten pulled over? What would have happened then? What if I just went to sleep and never woke up. I was angry. And me and this guy, we there was some tension between us for quite a while. We eventually made up, as guys do. You know, you get angry, you push, you shove, you point your fingers, and then you it blows over. But I was angry and frustrated at the irresponsibility of this guy putting something in my drink. I think any of us would be. 
Well, last week we began to look at a few groups that Paul is wanting to warn this little church in Colossae. And we used a beautiful example for Thanksgiving. We used some chocolate. And we said there, there are really kind of two groups here that Paul is warning about. And the first group is the group that wants to put chocolate on onions. This is a group that really just kind of likes to add Jesus to their other beliefs. So when it comes to Jesus' teachings, Jesus' teachings are just one more book in the library. And we'll just set them next to all the other philosophers. We'll set them next to all the other theologians. We'll set them next to all the other religions. This group also, in Paul's day, uh, just treated Jesus like one more God in the pantheon of the Greek and Roman gods. And he's just one more, and so we'll say our prayers to him along with the prayers to the others. And, and Paul wants to really warn about this. He wants, because he believes that Jesus is not just one more. Jesus is the only. And we are called to worship him. He's not something to just be added to. He's not a condiment to be added to our other beliefs. And we, we looked at how sometimes we still do this today. That we like to add Jesus into things like our passions, or our politics, or our preferences, or our, what we think are our purposes. And we just put them over, put Jesus, sprinkle a little Jesus over all of it, and it's all good. But folks, chocolate and onions aren't meant to go together. You have chocolate. <laughs> And we talked about how sometimes maybe today folks are, are beginning to leave the church because they're tired of hearing about chocolate and biting in and tasting nothing but onion. And so that maybe it is time that Paul wants to warn us about this group or about becoming this group. The next group is the group when we talked about pure drinking chocolate. I made all of you really thirsty for that pure drinking chocolate. I have the recipe, by the way. I can send it to you in online form if you're interested in making that for yourself. But the second group is the group that likes to take the pure chocolate. The first group likes to add Jesus to their things. The second group likes to add some things to Jesus. And we saw that, that these are, we talked about broccoli, <laughs> you know, I think all of us would get angry if somebody took some steamed broccoli and mixed it in. It's not that these things are bad. They just don't go with chocolate. And Paul warns about these things, in fact, some a little bit today, about some of the Sabbath keeping or don't eat this or don't drink that or, or these kinds of things. They may not be bad things, but those are not the things that save us. And we have this tendency as human beings to say that I do or don't do something and think that that is really what makes me a Christian. And Paul says, no, no, it is what Jesus has done that invites us into the family of God through faith and gives us a hope that God is bringing all of this to completion, that he will one day redeem and restore all the earth. And that is our hope. It is because of what He has done, not because we can add something to what He has done. Now, oh, let's move on. Yet Paul, I think, wants to say today, and yes, last week we were only able to kind of glance over it, that there are some things that people attempt to add to the wonderful, rich chocolate 
of Jesus that really are like that sleeping potion added to the fruit punch. They really are things that poison or put us to sleep. He says this here in verse 18. This group puts a poison or puts the sleeping pill in the chocolate. He warns, he says, don't let anyone judge you about eating or drinking or about a festival, new moon observant or Sabbath. He says, uh, don't let anyone who wants to practice harsh self-denial and worship angels say this with me. One, two, three. Rob you of the prize. Paul is concerned that there are folks who are trying to add things in to what Jesus has done. And he believes that adding those things in, letting those things get in between you and the work that Jesus has done, actually can rob you of the prize. And the prize is a life connected fully to Jesus. I want you to see if you can tell what the poison is, what the sleeping pill is, as we look at the next little part, or the next little part of that verse. Paul writes, they go into detail about what they have seen in visions and have become unjustifiably arrogant by their selfish way of thinking. You see, the problem, the poison, the sleeping pill into the thing is the their thinking. And their thinking tends to be self-centered thinking. As you begin to look at this, you can see some things. Now, I want to give you an example of maybe a modern day their thinking thing that I got from Dr. Scott Daniels, one of our general superintendents. He was talking about hats. And so let's, let's look, let's just have a good example of a good winning hat today. Um, yeah, alright. There you go. You know I was going to have to work it in somewhere. Sorry, Sandy. Sorry, Dave. It was a good game. It was a good game. A lot of fun right down to the end. But Scott Daniels talked about when he was a teenager, he'd worked really hard to invite a friend to come to church with him. And the friend finally said yes. And the friend showed up in the sanctuary and came in. His first time to be in the sanctuary. He was just checking it out. Scott was there. He's like, if you have any questions, let me know. I, I want to let you know. I, I know it's a little strange, but let's, let's just do this together. And, and he was sitting there and the service was beginning and it was time for that, that greeting time. And he said, one of the saints of the church came up to my friend who has never been in a church service in his life and had his hat on and knocked the hat right off his head and said, you are in the presence of God. Act like it. He said, I was so embarrassed for my friend who had taken a real risk to be there. And to have that happen to them. This this got me really interested about hats. And where do we get this idea of taking off our hats inside of buildings as, as reverent or good? Did you know it comes from just the Middle Ages? When knights needed to remove their helmets when they moved into a city. It showed vulnerability. It showed reverence for the king. Uh, it, you know, uncovering your face, letting people know who you were meant you weren't a threat. That's where it comes from. Because earlier than that, 
the people of God always wore hats in church. You see, usually what their thinking is about is more about that person's comfort and what they're used to. You see, there we've been used to since the Middle Ages of removing our hats as a sign of respect or reverence or vulnerability. But the people of God, the ancient people of God, always wore hats. They're called yarmulkes. And they are to remind the person who is worshiping that there is someone over them and above them who is with them in the midst of that. You see, we tend to like our way of doing things. And sometimes their thinking, selfish thinking, gets in the way and poisons the chocolate, puts the sleeping pill in the punch. If we're not careful, Paul warns us about their thinking, that it takes us even further. He says that their thinking people don't stay connected to the head. This is verse 19. They don't stay connected to the head. Who is the head? Jesus. They don't stay connected to the head. That adding their thinking to Jesus can actually disconnect us from Jesus. And we have to be careful, folks. Because sometimes, if we're not careful, the very people we are trying to win, we will drive away with our their thinking. I want to give you an example of this. You see my mess here. Every now and then I try to do a demonstration. I want us to think about this in just a second. I've got all kinds of things to get ready to go. I, I thought about this because we were putting up Christmas lights this year, this week. And uh, anybody else do that this week? Put up Christmas lights, get them up on your house or those kinds of things. And this, this hit me. So we'll just pretend that this power strip is Jesus. He has all the power. He has all the authority. Paul has written about that. We've sung about that. We've heard that. And the beautiful thing is what he has done has created space in the family for you and for me. I know this one is limited to one, two, three, four, five, six. But if you just want to imagine the family of God, this just could stretch out forever. And the beautiful thing is, is look at that. One, two, three. I don't know if you can see this online. This cord represents you, represents me. And we were perfectly created to be fully and perfectly connected to Jesus, our source. And Paul says what Christ did allows you to become connected to the head. We're going to get to this in January. It's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait. He said, but when their thinking gets inputted, we'll let their thinking be represented by this. This is a little adapter. I, I'm in an, I'm, we're living currently in an old house, so it only has plugs like this, which means if you have a plug like this, you gotta put one of these on. And so we'll just say, oh, well, yes, Jesus is good and all of that, but really, You shouldn't eat those things. You know, that's not good. We'll just put that on there. 
And then, then, oh, but wait, wait, there's a new moon festival. You need to, you need to do that. Oh, but wait, wait, you shouldn't wear hats in church. That's not a good thing to do. All right. Oh, but wait, wait, there's one more thing that we need to add into that. Don't touch those things. Oh, but wait, wait, there's, there's one more thing that we need to add there. Okay. Now you're ready to be connected. Does that look safe? That's pretty, pretty wobbly, pretty loose. And my hunch is if I talk to Dave, our electrician, he'd say, don't ever do that. (laughs) Anytime you walk by, you're going to kick that out. It's probably just not safe to begin with. The other thing is to put one of these things on, you have to become disconnected from the source. And and when you try and connect back to the source with all of those things, any little thing that passes by just can knock you out. So the the social norms change, the the, the political winds shift, the, your person doesn't get elected, the, uh, the somebody wears a hat to church and you get angry. Do you see where this kind of stuff? begins to disconnect us. Paul will say from the head, I'll say from the power source that is Jesus. You weren't meant for those. You have all you need because of what Christ has done. And you were perfectly created to be connected to Him straight to the source. This is us, folks. And if we are not careful, if we continue to allow their thinking poison the chocolate or put the sleeping pill in the punch, then if we aren't careful, we will drive away the very people we are trying to reach. And this is tough to preach. Because there are things that are good for us to avoid and there are good things for us to not touch or or be a part of. But it's about being connected to Christ first and it's Christ who teaches those things. And you'll see that when we move on. Paul will say, if you died with Christ, this is verse 20, this is a little preview of January. Then if you died with Christ to the way the world thinks and acts, verse 20, why do you submit to the rules and regulations as though you were still living in the world? He still says, okay, these things are good to let go of. To, but it, he starts with, you are connected to Christ in death. The connection comes first, my friends. And we have got to begin to move away from letting their thinking poison the chocolate. (laughs) This their thinking poison has also, because it has another unexpected consequence. Sometimes our thinking, their thinking, selfish thinking, not only poisons the chocolate, but it leads people to reject the goodness of the chocolate. To reject the goodness of the power source. When it's really the poison that's the issue, the chocolate is still good. (laughs) 
Christ is so good, but when we start throwing all of these things and mix it in, oftentimes people then just reject the whole thing. And I have seen this over and over and over again as a pastor and as a therapist. And I've seen this from the boomers to the Gen Z, so don't tell me it's one thing or the other. The boomers tell me, oh, the church is only concerned about my money, and so I'm not a part of those things anymore. Gen Z says they're all about their own brand of politics and letting things, you know, and keeping people out. And so I'm not a part of that anymore. Folks, we have to hear the warning of Paul. That if we're not careful, our thinking, their thinking, will poison the chocolate. We'll put a sleeping pill in the punch and cause the very people that we're trying to reach to reject. We are called to announce the goodness of Christ. We are called to announce what He has done is enough. We are called to announce that what Christ has done in His life, in His death, in His resurrection, creates a place for you, yes you, you person online, no matter who you think you are, Christ has done enough. And there's a place in His family for you. And that's prime. That is the first thing. The other stuff He will teach you. But it will all be based on what He has done. Not what you think you can do. This is important, folks. Because I'm so tired of seeing people, some people who were raised in the church who learned good things at the church, who learned how to read the Bible and interpret the Scriptures, who learned how to pray, who gained a sense of right and wrong from being a part of a faith-based community, who some even went on to Christian universities and found their Christian spouse at a Christian university, who have benefited so much from being connected to the body, and yet somewhere along Along the line, the their thinking, the self-centered thinking, poison the chocolate, put the sleeping pill in the red punch, and now they are no longer connected anywhere. And it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. Because I want them so desperately to remember how good the chocolate is, how much power comes from the source. But there's a lot of stuff to get out of the chocolate. Folks, I want to ask you if you're one of those folks who's no longer connected. Maybe you're just scanning by online right now. Just stop for one second and hear this. If you're someone who has given up on the church because of their thinking, selfish thinking, my way thinking. I want to ask, have you been robbed of the prize? Are you no longer connected to the source? 
If so, I want to remind you of how good Jesus is. I want to remind you gently, not haughtily, about how much you have benefited from being connected to Christ. How much good comes from being a part of his family. And yes, it's tricky, it struggles, but if the goodness of Jesus has been poisoned by their thinking, I want to gently, I want to gently ask you, Well, first of all, I just want to say, I am so sorry that that happened to you. Being connected with people is a messy business. And sometimes somebody has said something to you. Maybe they've come and knocked your hat off, put their finger in your face. Maybe it's something else. I'm sorry if that is your story. Genuinely, and as a, as a pastor of a congregation, I want to apologize. That, that was not right. That was putting their thinking in front of the power source that is Jesus. And Jesus is good. And experiencing Him is what we need and what you need. And so I want to gently, if you feel like you've been robbed of the prize and you're now disconnected from the head, may I invite you to try chocolate again? Obviously not chocolate. Jesus. Can can I gently say to you, you were created to be connected to Him and He has done everything that is necessary. You have only to say yes. To turn towards Him and be connected to the source once more. I hope you'll say yes. I would love for you to be connected. And to be connected here would be great. But there's also one more group. And I want to say this even more gently, if that's possible. I may just whisper. But folks, if you're like me, this hit me hard. And I need to ask, am I a there thinker? Am I the one adding things to Jesus? Am I the one who's poisoning the chocolate, putting the sleeping pill in the red punch? Are there things that I'm putting in front of someone else connecting to the source of Jesus? If so... I need to ask myself, is there someone that I need to ask for forgiveness? For saying that, for doing that. The Lord works in incredible ways, and the Holy Spirit might be recalling to you an instance in your life that was 20 or 30 years ago. Please do not say, oh, well, it was 20 or 30 years ago. I'm sure they've forgotten about that by now. The Holy Spirit's bringing it up for a particular reason, and maybe it is for you to go. And make that right. And I'm going to be praying that God will help you to go and ask for forgiveness this week. It's important. I need us all to ask ourselves this question. Do you recognize your need for reconnection to the source? Are you ready for the good drinking chocolate? Are you ready for the wonderful, pure, sweet power 
of Jesus and Jesus alone. There's still a chance for us, folks. There's still a chance for us all to be connected to Christ. Will you take that choice today? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, today we heard a dire warning from the Apostle Paul. And I know I needed to hear it this week. And I'm just guessing that there are some folks here in this building who also needed to hear it. Maybe even someone online who's paused and doesn't understand why. And so I ask that they would sense a need for connection to you. Maybe there's someone who used to be connected a long time ago. But the poison got in the chocolate. The sleeping pill got in the red punch. And now they feel like they're just drifting and they're not connected. Or maybe worse, they feel they're better off unconnected. Father, through your Holy Spirit, would you right now just touch them and Help them to see that what Jesus has done is enough. And it's better than drinking chocolate. It's more energizing than electricity. Because it truly can give us eternal life here and now. And Father, for those of us who may have become the poisoners of the chocolate, give us the grace to repent. Give us the grace to go and make it right with that person, whoever you may have brought to mind. And may we all recognize our need to reconnect to you, the pioneer, the finisher of our faith, the one who is the beginning and the end. The one in whom and through whom all things hold together. For you are truly all we need. And you are worthy of it all. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if there is someone who needs to come and connect to this one who has done everything to create a place for you in his family, if that's you, I want you to know that there is a place to come and kneel here at the front. And I'm just going to give you opportunity if you would like to come and say, I, I want to be connected to the only one I need. Then I'm going to invite you to come. But the altar is not just for that. Maybe there are some of you who have been disconnected for a long time because somebody poisoned the chocolate. And today you're going to venture to try the chocolate again. I'm going to invite you to come. If only to come and say, yes, Lord. Yes, I, I, want, 
want to be reconnected. His answer to you will be yes. And maybe, just maybe, there are some of us here who would be bold enough to come forward because we're saying, I have been a poisoner of the chocolate. God, forgive me. Help me to go make it right. And may I be one who declares the supremacy of what you have done. If you fall into any of those three categories, I invite you to come to the altar right now. We're not going to sing. We're not going to do any of that. I'm just going to invite you to come. I know it can be scary to try and do that. There may be people blocking the aisle. They'll let you through. Trust me, they will let you through. Just come now. Come now. Don't hesitate. If that's you, you come. Come right now. Don't hold back. This is an opportunity for reconnection to the only one you will ever need. His name is Jesus. Some have come. Would you come? Would you come? Would you come? Don't hold back. Come now. Father, some have come. And I'm sure that some would like to come or have come in their hearts. And so I pray, Father, that you would meet their need. May they see your sufficiency. May they see that you are all that they need. May they sense that they have been reconnected to you. Father, for that person online right now who is praying, would you help them to sense that they are being reconnected May they find their way here or to a church in their area that they might learn more about the goodness of what you have done for us. Father, in a minute we will leave and we'll go home. Keep bringing that person to our mind if we need to ask forgiveness. And may we become a church that announces the goodness of Jesus, the power of Jesus, the sweetness of Jesus, the health and the hope that is found in Jesus. And may we always point to Him first and foremost. For we pray these things In His great name and all God's people here and online said, Amen. Amen. Would you stand and receive the final blessing? And now, my brothers and my sisters here and online, may you go in the sweetness and strength, the power and holiness of what Jesus has provided for you. May you go and announce His goodness. And may you seek to find someone to invite them to connect because you are confident that what Christ has done is all they need. And I pray these things over you in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who is in us. One God forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Go in his name. Thanks for joining us online. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next week.
Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week. Thank you.